In this era of grave spiritual crisis, it is not enough to simply know about your Catholic faith. That is why we need a Catholic toolbox to equip us with the practical skills necessary to live our Catholic faith to reach our ultimate goal, which is heaven for all eternity. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Join us every Tuesday night at 8pm for the Catholic Toolbox as we hand you the tools to go forth, live the faith and change our modern world today. Live on The Voice of Charity. Catholic Toolbox, The Art of Practical Catholicism. I'm your host, Akita Manassa, as we equip you with practical tools to live with your Catholic faith in our modern world today. If you enjoy the show, don't forget to join our family by subscribing on the thecatholictoolboxshow.com. And we are joined this week by, obviously, your host, um, George Manassa, your regular host, and Shabel Raish, um, which is very exciting, as we launch George's new book. So that's awesome. I'm not coming up on the screen, but that's okay. <laughs> My voice is coming up. How are you, gentlemen? Doing very well. Thanks. Very well. Uh, A few sleepless nights, um, but uh, it's been amazing. We just welcomed a baby boy in our family two weeks ago. That's so exciting. Congratulations, Congratulations, Chavel. Thank you very much. That's very exciting news. Um, Obviously, you know, it's it's a very exciting time to be alive. It's a good time to have a kid, I think, because you... Like you don't have too many outside visitors and you do get that little bit of peace and quiet. That's that's true. (laughs) That's very true. Have experienced, Um, which is quite good. Um, But, yeah, it's what have you guys been doing during lockdown? We'll start off with Charvel because he's only... Um, Outside of preparing for this baby and uh, spending uh, full time, he's he's pretty much the centre of my world right now. Um, The world revolves around little Alexander. He's he's been everything, but... uh, of course, working from home with Perusia um, around that. And, uh, yeah, we just finished a Support Your Priest Sunday campaign for Perusia and we're preparing for another campaign, um, the Rosary Pilgrimage again. Yeah. And uh, we've also excited that we're launching um, our fourth course for the Perusia Academy, uh, an introduction to Christology with Paul Morrissey. So that's a lot, lots happening online uh, in the Perusia world. That's awesome, Charbel. Congratulations. Yeah, um, thank you. There's a lot of new projects coming up with Perusia. You guys never sleep, I think. No. <laughs> Always incredible to hear about the new new things that are coming up. And speaking of new things that are coming up that you guys have worked on, we're launching one tonight, which is the Service Toolbox um, by George Manassa. And, you know, who who thank likes you. to who likes to do things during lockdowns, um, you know, we got married at the start of lockdown and now he's launching his other project during lockdown. Well, actually so- proposed, uh, 
Yeah. Right at the end of the first lockdown. Yeah. So some of our friends brought up the fact that he did propose on the first lock at the end of the first one. We got married in the next lockdown and now he's launching a new book. And I remember he launched his other book and then the lockdown for Northern Beaches happened. So and then we had Charbel's, uh, Charbel's book launch. Charbel's book launch just made it through as well. So got right. a lot to look after us. We're all very happy about that. Akina yeah. was scared for a while of lockdowns, you know, and book launches, you know. Yes. <laughs> they go hand in hand for with us too. Yeah, that's does. all right. We're well into lockdown, so this might uh, push it back. We might get out of it. So you never time. know. God willing. <laughs> oh, that's excellent. So um, we're here to what, share, uh, launch. Uh, what have you been up to, book? George, during lockdown? Uh, I think uh, now, just uh, working on the Catholic toolbox here. We're trying to forecast now for the next, towards the end of the year, maybe December. And then pushing into next year, we're trying to really uh, grow grow our community, especially online, and uh, build our relationships with our partners at the moment. And uh, what was left, actually, when we were forecasting, <laughs> uh, I think, to the wayside since uh, last year and then we got married, yeah. was the launch of uh, this small book. Yeah, amazing. The service, uh, the service toolbox. The service toolbox. Okay, so I'm going to start off with a few questions here. Um, so can you tell me what the divine inspiration was for this booklet? Why did you decide to write it? Why did it need to be out there in the world? Okay, well, so it sort of harkens back to when I was in year nine, year 10, I was seeing a lot of liturgical abuse. And um, I think I, I don't really shy away as someone who's a very much a, a liturgist and a liturgical enthusiast and, and uh, uh, of, of both forms of the Roman Rite. Uh, I witnessed a lot of things in liturgy which probably shouldn't be there in the context of the Roman Rite. And uh, I was complaining to a friar of St. Francis uh, at the time. And then he said to me, look, George, look, I hear you complain all the time. Why don't you actually go in there and do something? Why don't you go in there, serve? You know, if, if, if you see that there's not enough reverence in the liturgy, why don't you do something about it? So he pointed me in that direction. It was then at the time uh, in my parish in St. Patrick's Cathedral, Parramatta, then with Father Andrew Bass, I learnt the, the craft and the art of uh, serving and the liturgy of the Roman Rite, the, the, the solitary uh, structure of the Roman Rite, which all points you to the glory of God. So uh, as summarised in Lex Orandi, Lex Quidendi, mm. uh, it's sort of brought together. And then over time, I saw a lot of sort of deficiencies in the way a lot of servers serve. That actually in the new mass, I, I, this doesn't really apply to the old right because that was standardised. But a lot of things were lost in the new right. So I wanted to sort of put together a little guide for servers, especially in the context of the new mass, on top the top ten. Firstly, the theology mm. of the mass, the spirituality and the benefits, but then the top ten things that are often forgotten. Okay that I wanted to restore yeah, that. Beautiful. And I wanted to make it as easy as possible because I think I've met so many servers from different parishes and acolytes and senior servers, all sorts of people involved in liturgy. I wanted to make it as simple as possible and accessible to them so that they can pick up on these things, mm. which will add reverence to the liturgy and help them to pray and help the congregation to pray. Beautiful. Yeah. That's very exciting. Um, well, then, Shabel, I do have a question for you because... You know, when George pitched this to you, can you tell me why you agreed to publish it and what what made you say, yeah, this is a good idea, you know, let's go for it? 
Yeah, great question. I hope, uh, so is this, uh, yeah, everyone can see us uh, on the screen, hopefully. Yeah. Um, hopefully. <laughs> uh, yeah, the uh, great idea, it was funny, it was almost like a, a one-two punch with George. There was the first book, uh, The um, Art of Practical Catholicism, which was brilliant um, uh, in, in how to reach people uh, where they're at in the faith and give them three practical tools. But then this was a great follow-up, this booklet, served at a, at a right time because there is a lot of confusion out there right now in the Catholic world um, simply about worship. I mean, it's so, um, yeah, it's so diverse, even just the, the ordinary form, um, the practice of it, and a lot of people are confused as to what what are the proper ways of, of doing it, how to do Mass properly. I mean, the, you know, how do you do it um, according to the book and the letter? And sometimes people innovate a bit. And we've probably gone a little bit too far, uh, too creative these days where Mass has just sort of been um, a bit of a lucky dip. You go to a church and you don't know what you're going to get and, and there's no um, there's no real consistency. But but thanks to this booklet, uh, it sort of reminds us of what uh, the, the Novus Order should be like and also um, how uh, the beautiful um, teachings of the Mass as well which helps take your experience of mass to another level. So I jumped on it and I said, absolutely, this needs to get out. My uh, two of my older boys, my three older boys serve at mass and they read, they've read this booklet and uh, it's been very practical for them. So it's personal as well for me. Um, but yeah, yeah, great project. Yeah, when it pulls on the heartstrings, I find that it's, you know, it really weighs a lot more, a lot heavier. And when it's not, when it's something that feels in a niche in a market, it tends to kind of be, yeah, like why haven't we done this before? So, you know, that's really Absolutely. cool. Like what kind of feedback have you received from people around the world who've read it, from your sons? You know, what kind of things have you? Yeah, um, the lot of surprises for people. So just simple things of, of the way we do things. There's, there's symbolism behind almost everything. Pretty much everything has symbolism in it. And a lot of people take it for granted. And I, what I like, it's a simple read. Uh, straightforward. You could read it in an hour, less than an hour, and uh, pretty much it, it gives you all those um, the, the structure of how to serve, how to know what you're entering into, and and the honour it is to be up there on the sanctuary. Um, and it, it just and then the recommended reading at the back was fairly good. So people have given me positive feedback. The the easiness of it, um, the simplicity of it, but also the the nice surprises that they've they've learnt from it as well. So. Um, it's all been very positive. That's great. That's that's very exciting for you, especially. Um, you know, we are praying for the success of the book, but we're also praying to God to, you know, because we want to say thank you to Perusia as well, because it's such a great honor that you guys have published it and other ones distributing it around um, the world, around Australia. Our yeah. pleasure. Um, we are very blessed uh, to be a part of the project with you guys. So thanks for thinking of us and, um, I love our partnership and I really pray that it will continue to reach as many souls as possible. Uh, you will be pleased to know it was the number one international digital um, download um, wow. uh, leader in our range. So in wow. the last in the last couple of months. So uh, around the world, people have, must have uh, grabbed onto it uh, online. And, yeah, it was great to see that... Um, yeah, it's, it's getting attraction overseas, more so than Australia right now. 
very exciting. Praise be to God for that. What comments yeah. do you have from uh, hearing that news from? Oh well, uh, overwhelmed. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm overwhelmed, but were you um, expecting that? No, actually, I wasn't. Yeah, I didn't want to read this. Didn't want to read you. <laughs> no, but, and and other news is uh, in Malaysia. There's there's about. Uh, hundreds over there uh, that people wanted to um, train up the the altar servers there. So Malaysia, there's strong interest for the physical book. So that's gone well there too. So both Malaysia and then around other countries around the world have been um, showing uh, a lot of interest. So as you said, it's something that seems so simple. It, it feels like it it was all it should have always been there, yeah. but it, here it is. Uh, where it was missing. Where where has this been all our life? And so something that uh, you take for granted, you think would be on every bookshelf around the around the world, has not existed until this year. So thank you, George, for putting it together. Until George <laughs> put it together. No, that's very exciting. I mean, I, yeah. No, sorry, go ahead. No, sorry. I just wanted to add, look, the reason why I chose to put something like this together, simple and cliche, I mean, I could have written like, hundreds of pages about liturgy and what mm -hmm. should be done. And, and how to sort of unify both rights. I know, George doesn't stop talking, you know, so <laughs> it's a very big, it's a very strong possibility, but he's he's kept it concise, you know, it's a tiny little booklet and, you know, it's only about $5. Yeah, I think yeah. Like $5, yeah. So it's like a really good, you know, we're thinking about Christmas already because I'm Filipino, we start early. Um, <laughs> it's a good stocking <laughs> filler, I don't know. <laughs> so, um, look, just to add, the the... You know, it could have written hundreds of pages more uh, about you know what we sh how ways that we could sort of unite the the extraordinary form and the ordinary form uh, in ways, or we could fill in the blanks from the extraordinary uh, the ordinary form from the extraordinary form, where you know small things from serving here and there. But look, I really think in the context of the Novus Ordo, the New Mass, really just keeping it simple for a lot of acolytes and so's because if you probably were to to probably conduct an experiment walk into a random parish maybe not a cathedral but a random parish you and talk to a random altar server they may not find that they understand a lot about the rubrics and stuff like that so i just wanted to cover something simple that i found i sort of looked around the market has anyone written about this to help other people so my main intentions was to see some results from this, that people can pick this up, give them, give it to their, um, to their, to the young boys, you know, who are thinking of serving, um, and uh, encourage school students to maybe take it up and and understand from a different dimension the missing things that are present in the new mass, and, and to sort of fill the blanks. And uh, that's really why I wanted to do it because no one else did it before, so I thought I would fill in the blanks and make it easy and accessible because I think that's what we need now. Today, I mean, we could talk all day about ritual, what we should do, ideas to sort of, you know, make the the new mass sort of like the extraordinary form. But we, we have to keep things simple so that we can make some incremental changes because this in the hands of, you know, several acolytes or servers or, you know, a mm -hmm. sacristan in, in several parishes and handing it, you know, maybe as a prerequisite even to serving, you know, if you want to serve, you know, the parish priest conducts an interview and gives it to, so you need to read this and sort of we can digest it together and then I can welcome you on board. This could be maybe a rite of passage into serving. Yeah. And I think that no one's really covered too much about serving. Mm -hmm. I think really 
I think servers are being pushed aside it's a, little, a lot in it's, literature. Like it's something that you see at mass all the time, yeah. but sometimes you don't even think about it. Like, yeah, whatever. Like someone's there helping out the priest and it's exactly. kind of like, but happy days. We cannot underestimate the difference it makes. Like I've had dozens and dozens of people over the past mm. 12 years of serving mm. uh, in my parish on retreats and everywhere else who've come up to me and actually said thank you for reverently serving because I really felt, you know, uh, drawn to our Lord. I, I felt pushed to pray better. And I was actually shocked. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, well, I'm just serving, just doing my job. Mm-hmm. And it, it makes it, it's not about us, really. It's not about the priest. It's not about the service. It's not about the people involved in liturgy. Our job is to die and melt. Our job is to melt. Our identity is is supposed to fade in the mass. And that's what the ritual does. It provides that assurance that, you know, the priest is following rubrics, the service follower structure, so that our personalities and and ways of doing things dies out. It's already set out and people can focus in on our Lord. So I really felt the difference by, you know, showing some reverence, um, being a little bit careful while serving, uh, made a lot of difference to even people in the congregation as well as my, in addition to myself. So that's something to add. That's very exciting. That's very moving. And, you know, because a lot of the times you just hear, like, why are you, like, you ask the altar boys, like, why are you serving? Like, has anyone ever asked that? And it's like, like, what kind of responses would you hear? And we'd be like, oh, mum made me do it or dad, like, my parents made me do it kind of thing. But I think what George has done in this book is he's kind of shown you how to incorporate it within your faith as well and, and not just do it in a monotonous way. Um, something that you just do just for mum or dad, but you do it for, you know, God the Father. And you really just deepen that belief, um, yeah. which is really exciting. I think, and that's why you need to be as simple as possible. So as yeah. a, a young person in primary school, a little booklet like this will be easy for them to read. And yeah. even for the older people, I mean, you know, from young to old, mm-hmm. uh, keeping it simple and straight to the point, I think is really, it will do a lot of justice. Um to really okay. engage people and improve, yeah, improve yeah, upon. Perfect. Well, Shabelle, I know that you're on a tight schedule, but do you have any final words regarding this booklet? Yeah, um, just to echo what George was saying, it is for everyone, all ages. Very easy to read, um, very uh, affordable. Like we're saying, five Australian dollars for the physical booklet. It's um, that's like three dollars fifty US, um, and it's half that price. Um, for the digital, and it's available digitally as well. So around the world right now, people go to the Perusia Media website, perusiamedia.com, and then click on store and just type in um, uh, server, serving or server or or Catholic toolbox or do a search and you'll see it pop up very easily there, available um, both physically and digitally. Um, And just, uh, yeah, what I love what George does is separates, he, he reminds us the mass isn't just any meal we have like dinner, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, it is a meal set apart. It's the sacrifice of the Mass, and it's something set apart out of this world, and we're entering into heaven. And I just recommend anyone to read this, even if you don't serve, because if you read this, I think your whole experience of Mass is going to be uplifted, and the next time you do go to Mass, you will appreciate what's going on on that altar uh, more so. So thank you, George, for doing this. Thank you, Akita. Thank you to the Catholic Toolbox. And uh, I'm very excited about uh, this this little booklet having a big impact on the church today. No, thank you so much, Shabelle, for you know.
being so instrumental in George's mission, to be honest. Yeah, my pleasure, my pleasure. Enjoying the ride. <laughs> people to the faith and getting them to learn the roots of it so strongly. Amen. So now we're going to take our break. Uh, if you guys have any questions, type them in into Facebook. Unfortunately, we can't do our phone calls today because we're still working from home, which is fine. But thank you so much, Charvel, for joining us for the first Anytime. time. Thank you. God bless. Take God care. Bless. Thank you, and Good night. all the blessings for the children. Thank you. Thank you. My name is Father Damon Seifer. I'm a member of the Priestly Fraternity of St. Peter, which is the Latin Mass Order. Our order has been ministering to the faithful in Western Sydney uh, for about 20 years now. But we think it's time for us to find our own place, to be able to build our own church. So we're really encouraging people to make donations, perhaps even dedicated to monthly donations, so that we can forge to take on perhaps a mortgage for this great endeavor. So we would like to, in the long term, build a traditional church for the celebration of the traditional liturgy in the Latin Rite. We would encourage you to think about this, to pray about this, and see if God is calling you to commit to helping us with this great endeavor to build a new church for Western Sydney. So welcome back to another week on the Catholic Toolbox, the Art of Practical Catholicism. I'm your host tonight. My name is Akita Manassa. I have taken the main host surname because I married him um, about seven and a half weeks ago. And as we equip you with practical tools to live your Catholic faith in the modern world today. So, you know, George has several other projects. One of the other ones he has is called The Right of Men which works on the rite of passage for men who kind of want to take that extra step in becoming a really good man, basically. Um, you know, he'll, he'll see you there. I'm not going to go. Um, that's strictly, <laughs> strictly a gentleman's club, um, a gentleman's podcast, which is also really good, um, which is exciting. So if you, again, if you guys have any questions, put them on Instagram, put them um, on the comment page, on Voice of Charity, on mm. Facebook. Um, but right now, I'm just going to ask George a couple more questions um, about this little booklet. So, before we so before we go into that, yeah, go on. Just want to remind everybody we're Instagram live as well, but <laughs> yeah. you get the behind the scenes. So, yeah. what happens behind? If you want to know what happens behind the scenes in the studio or home studio now? Yeah, uh, you can see us here on Instagram live. But yeah, it's it's a it's a great way. Wave to us there for those who are tuning into us. <laughs> Thanks everyone for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Um, yeah. So, George, tell me about the cover of this book because um, you know you're dressed in what color is that? Is that pink? Is that so? Red? That's the one time in my life I had the chance to wear what's called the colors. Uh, that's. Um, uh, Can you please elaborate on that? Because not everyone probably understands. Okay, this. so a Roman cassock, which is a sort of what a priesthood or a server wears. Mm -hmm. It, it was traditionally streetwear, um, and uh, the purple color, the purple color here is obviously because I was serving mm -hmm. a, a more important mass, and that was for Cardinal Raymond Burke, who we pray for at the moment. Yes. He's contracted COVID nineteen. Uh, we mm -hmm. pray for the health of Cardinal Burke. I yes. think he's in a very critical condition at the moment. Yeah. 
Uh, so if we could uh, we could really recognise him in your prayers at the moment in the next 48 hours. Yeah. He is in a very critical condition. He's a, he's a very instrumental cardinal so, within the church, um, kind of famous. Yeah, so he was... In the Catholic world. Yeah, he was the former prefect of the Apostolic Signatura, which is one of three courts in the Holy See, and uh, is now now currently serves as the chaplain to the Order of Malta. Wow. Yes, since appointed by Pope Francis. Uh, So really, he's been a very instrumental cardinal um, who pushed for reverence in uh, in the liturgy, whether it's uh, the new mass or the old mass, He's really pushed it, and uh, I had the honor to serve as the train bearer uh, at the mass when and he came so in 2014. How old? So 2014. So this is quite a few years old, but you still kind of look very similar, just a little bit of weight. Hold on. But, um, <laughs> but hopefully, my hair's a little bit the same. No, you haven't lost the thickness of it. If anything, it's still, still it's grown good. very wild during lockdown. So it has. Yeah. This is the very tame version of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. cuts will become more expensive after. Yeah, so I'm gonna have to learn how to cut it, aren't I? Yeah. Um. So did when you wrote this publication? I mean, it's like how many pages is it? It's not very long at all. It's like less than fifty pages. So it's quite short, and you talk quite a lot. With, so this is quite miraculous. That's how much your average servant um, reads. <laughs> <laughs> quite miraculous. I don't know how you boys do it when you guys serve. Um, but did you find it very difficult to articulate what you were what you were thinking to put that within those fifty pages, or were you like, "This is a breeze"? It's look. To be honest, I think it was a breeze for you. For me, yeah, because it, it, it's pretty it straightforward. Came out naturally, then. It's a breeze, but it, it's easier to why, say. These why? Things. Why was it a breeze for you? Because it's just something that was like, for Are instance, you, when you discussed the dress code, you know, yeah. something. Are you, you know, a natural we, born writer? Uh, not really. I think uh, what I was saying uh, came naturally. Yeah. You know, okay. talk, talk about gestures. Uh, often the top ten often forgotten things that uh, altar servers yeah, usually yeah. neglect, and I just wanted to bring them to their attention. Yeah, um, that would help. Can you tell us how long reference. you've actually been serving mass? Uh, since about the year twenty twelve. Wow, so it's been nine years. <laughs> so nine years. Yeah, yeah, wow. I served a little bit before then, and uh, stopped years. a little bit. Yeah, okay. but then. What, yeah. Why did you start serving? Were you pushed into it by your parents, or? Were you like, oh, like maybe I could help out? Was what was your approach in learning how to serve the liturgies? I think it came after my reversion to the faith, where I studied my my way in back to the Catholic faith. Yeah. And by studying my way back in through books such as you know Fundamentals of Catholic Dogma, mm. uh, through the help of Charbel and Perusia Media, I mean yeah. I owe a great deal of my reversion back to Perusia Media at the time when Tim Staples came. And I was in year nine at the time. And then mm-hmm. I went to study in the year 2010. Uh, I was in year 10 yeah. uh, at Catholic Adult Education Centre. I was the youngest person there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually saw a few te- people there that were training to become teachers of the yeah. RE. Yeah. And one of them I had known from year five. Yeah. It was, he, was, he wanted to just teach RE. And he saw me there. I was like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, Small cool. World. I just want to learn my face. So yeah. that's sort of how I started my way back into the church. I wanted to know the answers of why the Catholic faith is the true faith, mm-hmm. outside which there is no salvation. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I wanted to know that. And then after that, naturally, the, the, the term lex orandi, lex credendi, lex vivendi, mm-hmm. 
uh, became evident. Yeah. And now, for those who don't know, Lexarondi Lexcredendi, but uh, is a translation of the. Uh, if we translate from Latin, it goes, "How you pray is how you believe." Yeah. So it's basically say the bottom line of that is <laughs> that we got to practice what we preach, mm-hmm. or Absolutely. what we practice preaches something about us, mm-hmm. right? Naturally, yeah. like if I treat people nicely, it says something about me yeah. that something within me that I believe maybe I have certain values of treating people yeah. with respect. Yeah. Um, if I feed a stranger, maybe I maybe I then speaks a language. Yeah. Um, and if I consistently every week, every day repeat the same actions naturally, mm. that means it's preaching something about me, not just a one-off thing. Mm. So the, uh, the way I like to explain it is by relating it to everyday life. Now, if you apply that to the life of the church, mm which is what we, how we praise, how we believe. Yeah. And then uh, how we live. Yeah. How you pray, right, in mm-hmm. the mass reflects what we believe, the yeah. theology of the church. For instance, if someone goes to mass every single Sunday, they should be able to be catechized by the mass itself, by the ritual, by the meaning of what we do, mm-hmm. how we praying through the ritual, should demonstrate clearly what the theology of the mass is mm-hmm. so how we believe so how we what, what we're doing how we're how the priest is oriented the reverence shown through serving mm-hmm. that solitary reverence that's there should demonstrate that this is a sacred place this is a sacred service mm-hmm. and the prayers that the priest prays and says uh, throughout the mass should demonstrate what the mass actually is. For instance, in the in the 1962 missal, for instance, the priest uh, at the offertory prays um, that may the sacrifice be offered for sins, negligences, um, uh, countless things. So it's clear if you read there, you understand anyone really it could be Jewish, could be Muslim, mm-hmm. who goes in and takes the missal and starts reading and following along, mm-hmm. will understand what the priest is sort of doing. It's clear. So it's basically practice what you preach, mm. and that became ev- that that becomes evident when we carry out what the theology of the mass is supposed to be through the ritual. Yeah, yeah. No, that's very that's beautiful. Yeah, and that's you know so elaborate and so well thought out, and you know like we were saying before, such a big niche in the market. Mm. Um, something that. You like there's so many books out there, and <laughs> it's not really a market, I think. Uh, well, there is a uh, there's always a market for books. Yeah, uh, I think people always like to read something, but you know, I think it's more of a need. If you if you describe uh, it, I think that's the market you're talking about. That there's a need uh, where I think a lot of servers, most of my experience, most of the experience of uh, dozens of people I've mm-hmm. spoken to from around the world at conferences over this past decade have yeah. asserted to the fact that. A lot of the time in your average parish, they a lot of the servant acolytes may not know in depth about uh, the rubrics and things that should be done a certain way in the liturgy, which uh, by no fault of their own, mm-hmm. obviously. And that's why I wanted to create this little booklet to help them, you know, with small things, you know, in yeah. reverence. Yeah. Now, obviously, this does a supplement for understanding the entire ritual mm-hmm. of the mass. Of you course. have to go and do your own research. It's very but short. This is just a small spiritual and ritual guide yeah. for small things that you could do uh, as a server to aid you learning further the, the the ritual. But look, what's this all for at the end of the day? If the mass is the highest prayer of the church, 
the representation of the sacrifice on Calvary. It's, it's the center of our faith. It's the central prayer that the church prays. Yeah. And it will condition your spiritual life. And I actually emphasize this very seriously. The mass and the way you pray conditions the quality of your spiritual life. People think, oh, look, it just doesn't matter. Mass is mass. You know, I can go to, you know, uh, a mass that Training usually mass. doesn't follow the rubrics. Mm. I can go to a Latin mass or a reverent novus order, a reverent mm. new right mass. You know, no difference. You know? Yeah. But if you compound that over every Sunday, every day, and and it creates spiritual destruction, then mm. it's conditioning you a certain way. Mm. I mean, that's the importance. People think that ritual doesn't matter mm. it actually does i mean you having the ritual of praying a certain way doing certain things even on an in a natural sense in your day-to-day life makes conditions you yeah. whether it's spiritual or even physical exercise if you have certain exercises therefore the rituals the reverence shown by the priest the servers in carrying out the liturgy mm. conditions your spiritual life yeah and it needs to be taken seriously. Mm-hmm. And I think God took it seriously. If you read the book of uh, Leviticus mm-hmm. and, and, and even Exodus, when mm-hmm. God instituted the, the Levitical rituals, the rules. I mean, if you got, if you read Leviticus, I mean, you just conclude uh, God has OCD. <laughs> <laughs> God has OCD. I mean, it really, he's just so strict. He wants it. Yeah. two meters this way he wants the cherubim a certain height yeah, he yeah. wants the ark placed a certain way really i think in the old testament Honestly. god is that pedantic to prepare us wow. on that physical Just... level on uh, in that human and earthly level because it does condition your spiritual life yeah you know we're not gnostics yeah we do believe that your exterior surroundings the way the mass is executed physically the way you pray the certain ways that you pray, mm. especially if it's compounded over time on yeah. a daily level, on a weekly level, it makes a difference to your prayer life mm. and the quality of your spiritual life. Yeah. So if we're actually serious about growing in our personal relationship with Jesus Christ, then we have to take very seriously yeah. the ritual of the church. Yeah. It's there for a reason. Yeah, it's, it's actually incredible because when we got married and we were doing the wedding rehearsals for it, George was very, very OCD, very strict. Mm. The way that you're talking about how God is OCD and strict about what he wants in liturgy. And George was the same. And I think the reason why, like, if you watch our wedding mass, like, it's on YouTube, you can just Google George and Akita wedding mass. Um, But if you do watch it and you see how that liturgy has taken place and how, like, everything has to a T, um, you know, a lot of priests would have appreciated what George put me through um, in terms of, um, you know, having everything perfect to the certain degree onto a certain minute, how, how we sit, how we stand, how we walk, you know, and for me, it was also how I think of wearing that dress because it's so big and puffy. Um, but the thing is all of these rituals do add up and all like, because if you think about it, all of the little things, the little details are the things that make it that one big spectacular thing. And I think that's what you're talking about in serving and that, you know, these little things that we, like we people that are not within the sanctuary, well, we don't notice what we're too they do far. notice. They do notice. Well, we're too, yeah, we notice subconsciously. 
Yeah. I think um, we, we don't think about it the same way that you do. Because they notice the reverence and they notice, definitely. hey, but that's the, the way thing, people that's, are acting here in this sanctuary, there's something going on here. That's what I'm saying. It's, <laughs> for you, it's something that's, you know, very strict and you you observe every single detail. Like you're, you're so much more detailed than an average person. Yeah, um, yeah. But, and I think when you were serving, that's kind of what has formed you to become even more detailed than you were even possibly before, before mm. I even met you. Um, but for me, I'm quite, I like to think that I'm quite detailed in my own way, but the way that I see liturgy is that I, I just pray along to it. What these guys are doing, the servers are doing is kind of the hard yards to make sure that everything falls in the, like falls in the right place, mm. into the right place. You're a real feminist. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I don't think I am. Um, but, you know, because I don't serve, I sing in the choir. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was, yeah. I remember in year three and they were like, if anyone wants to serve, come up. And I was like, well, I'm too lazy yeah. for that. Um, <laughs> so I sang instead because singing was, was something that I was more drawn to. And, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of what I enjoy anyway. Like yeah. to me, I don't think I would enjoy, enjoy the serving bit because to me, I leave that up to the boys. Um, you know, I did read Cardinal Ratzinger, Pope yeah. Benedict XVI's book. Um, what about like when I went to World Youth Day in 2013, we went with a priest to, to Brazil, to Rio, we went to Mexico, we went to Argentina, you know, on mission. Um, and... I remember that year for Christmas, he did give us all this book, which is The Spirit of the Liturgy by Cardinal Ratzinger or Pope Benedict XVI, which does specify, like, he he's very he makes a very interesting case. And it's like, why are the boys the ones who are meant to altar serve? And, you know, he altar served with his brother Georg um, when they were very young. They were ordained in the same batch um, in Germany. I don't remember what year um and they joined the seminary at the same time which was very exciting i also read gail gratzinger's book um which speaks about benedict um which well, is, this song, yeah. yeah which is beautiful um but what benedict was always saying is that when you serve that's kind of the lead up to the boys to encourage them to pursue a, a vocation in the church if that's a possibility for them and when you hear that Pope Benedict XVI wanted to be a priest because he was a server, I think that's very, you know, a very strong mm. case as to why we leave it up to the boys. Yeah. You know, women do participate in church in many lot, different yeah. ways. Um, and it doesn't have to be in serving. And that's yeah. going to be controversial. And I know that. But yeah. um, I like to leave that up to the boys. Yeah. I think for me, it gives them structure. It, it, gets, it gets them to to work their mind in a critical thinking way mm. and to think differently. Um, and part of the essential reason why it, it was, it, well, in the extra, there's two forms of the Roman Rite. There's the 1962, which is the extraordinary form, and then there's the 1970, which is the ordinary form, or Mass or Paul VI, that most people in the Roman Rite yeah. use now. Uh, look, if you think about it, the if you look at the liturgical procession, it preaches a theology, again, lex orandi, lex credendi. Our operational way of doing things in the church mm. is not based on, oh, what's popular today. Sure, of course, we're pastoral. The church doesn't just live, in, in, uh, doesn't live and breathe with the people of the time. But it was just being the spiritual interest of people. If it's not in the spiritual interest of why we're here, you know, mm. like uh, go to a non-profit organization, you know, we're here for business to get to heaven. Mm. So... 
to make it in the spiritual interest of the people, uh, if you look at the liturgical procession, you have a cru crucified, the two candles, and you go all the way to the back, it leads to the priest mm. or the highest or the bishop, whoever's presiding. Yeah. And uh, we don't, and obviously the church has no authority to ordain women. And because it doesn't have any authority to ordain women, and the mass preaches a theology of, of building up to the, uh, the liturgical hierarchy or the apostolic hierarchy, which obviously our Lord never chose to in include women for a reason that they have different gifts. Mm. Uh, that's why in the extra form the theology made sense that, okay, well, this is a way to sort of foster vocations. Mm. Well, obviously, if you're a, you had the priest, deacon, subdeacon at each step, and the subdeacon yeah. led to the diaconate, to the priesthood, to the episcopate. Yeah. And then you had the servers, which built gradually there. It preaches a theology. And Absolutely. actually, there were minor orders of the acolyte, yeah. the exorcista, the yeah. porter. In that time, and still today with us, uh, that builds towards a theology. Again, in the church, we don't make decisions or mm. things which mm. don't have anything to do with the, what we believe. Mm. The mass dogmatically is the representation of the sacrifice on calvary it's the representation of that same sacrifice two thousand years ago jesus christ physically there and the priest has that unique authority and identity to offer sacrifice mm. to god that's the theology of the church nothing less nothing more now we have to see that played out we have to practice what we preach mm. so we can practice moral theology in our day-to-day -day lives we yeah. can practice not stealing not killing not <laughs> being good and nice to be but how do we practice our dogmatic theology in our day how do we express that yeah that's, that's what we cover here in the art of practical catholicism mm -hmm. on the catholic toolbox yeah we actually want to look at how can you express your the theology of the church practically even beyond mm. just uh, morals and and yeah. evangelization because it's an intertwining of the practical as well mm. as the theoretical yeah you know which is very important i mean sometimes you go to mass and you know i have heard podcasts i follow these two priests from the u.s canada and yeah. they're you know they've mentioned in their podcast that it's not their job to give practical tools it's their job to do to kind of give the very spiritual, the, the heavy spiritual kind of motivation there. Exactly. And within yeah. us, in the lady, we're the ones who are kind of the one who step that in, in line yeah. with spiritual direction to ensure that we're heading in the right direction. I think that's in line with uh, the Second Vatican Council's beautiful call in uh, Lumen Gentium, mm -hmm. in the universal call to holiness, yeah. that all of us are called to holiness, mm -hmm. no matter who you are, um, and specifically, Second Vatican Council recognised that this is going to be a new era of uh, a new secular era where much of the evangelising is going to have to be done in the professional sphere, in the workplaces, mm -hmm. in the day-to-day -day life. And the bishops and priests are not ordained for day-to-day -day life. Yeah, exactly. In, in that secular sense, so it calls on the laity. We have so much power now, more than before, as laity. To, uh, we are empowered so much to go and pro proclaim the good news and uh, bring Christ to, to our day-to-day -day life. That's mm -hmm. the way our generation or generations will be evangelized. Maybe till we see Vatican III, maybe. Yeah, and we see a different social situation. But like right now, okay, so say that that is true. And of course it was true. Um, but now we're all in isolation. Mm -hmm. And so 
how do we live that out practically and evangelize when we're supposed to stay 1.5 meters away from everybody? Okay, two things. <laughs> so can you give us some practical tools okay. there as Three to things. how our liturgy could potentially help us to achieve that evangelization? Well, the liturgy is the opus day or the operatio day, the work of God. It's, it's basically when we get to heaven, it will be the mass. Mm -hmm. yeah. So if we actually think about it, to, to, to break it down, it's, and what is the mass? It's yeah. the representation of sacrifice of Calvary. It's the constant worship of God so, with all the saints and everybody in heaven. And yeah. that's what we engage in at the You're mass. saying that if you want to like heaven, you got to like the mass. Yeah. yeah, and what it is. It, it's not really about the external mm -hmm. Um, things like uh, you know me driving to this uh, mm. location I've got to sit in the pew I've got to wake up at this time it's mm. it's what you're participating in which is the liturgy and mm. to love Jesus Christ means you you, you 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 love the liturgy and participating with all the saints in heaven and offering up constantly offering up to the Father his sacrifice and recovery for eternity so, okay, um, to go to the practical tools, the first practical tool, I think that's very important to evangelize now for those in, event, um, for those in isolation, mm -hmm. people locked down, especially in Sydney and the Asia Pacific, some places are locked down. The best way probably is to start off by bringing your faith to the social medias. Okay. Because that's probably one of the biggest things, especially if we work in a workplace, and you post something about your faith or you share something, uh, but be wise about what you share. Maybe do it once a week mm -hmm. uh, or twice a week or a couple of times a week. Don't, don't spam everybody unless it's a religious page. But, and you share that. and discern about it as well. And when people you see that, they will, it will be their daily reminder amidst a lot of distraction mm -hmm. on social media. Yeah. So definitely take up social media uh, if you can. Um, and the second practical tool is uh, make a checklist of people you can catch up with okay. and or maybe phone or Zoom and see how they're actually going and uh, see check up on their faith. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have an excuse to check up on each other yeah. during lockdown or mm -hmm. the faith can be one of the things. So if you make a list of people that you can call and check up upon maybe every two weeks, that could actually really help them and have some discussions with them about their faith, see where their faith is at and maybe reach out to those who you think have been away from the church. Yeah. So, I mean, we've got to sort of do some business development yeah. in terms of, of AKA evangelization. Well, like, yeah. if, like that could even be if you've got a link to a prayer thing or like a recollection or something, send the link around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You might want to send that around actually. Yeah. And probably the third practical tool is to... I've got to think about this one actually. Spot. I'm in a tight spot here. Well, okay. you're giving me a lockdown. That's I'm the sorry. that's the that's the um Yeah, and this wasn't planned. <laughs> so third practical tool during lockdown would be, I mean, I could say you can pray, but possibly this is a good one. We have live masses obviously going mm -hmm. on. Uh, and actually the beautiful thing is you can go on Facebook, find any parish, whatever right it belongs to, you mm -hmm. actually watch the liturgy. Yeah. I think this is a good time without traveling and to have yeah. it a, as a less intimidating experience. What we could do is actually search up a liturgy, whether it's the ninth. And I challenge people now in light mm -hmm. of uh, the beautiful movie, which was uh, the first trilogy that was released uh, yesterday, The Mass of the Ages. Well, 
Uh, yesterday in Sydney time. In Sydney time, yes. Uh, so Sunday. We highly US. recommend you check out Mass of the Ages. Uh, check that out is, on YouTube. Um, just type in Mass of the Ages. Type in Mass of the Ages. Go to episode one, which was released yesterday. Absolutely ab- incredible. About the 1962 Mass or yeah. the traditional Latin Mass. Yeah, and um, you you spoke to Cameron, who directed and edited the the, the first. Uh, he's the, the, first the actual episode. director. About two of, weeks ago. Yeah. So. That was actually, was that last week? Yeah, two weeks ago. Yeah, two weeks ago, yeah. there you go. So it's been a fortnight um, and it's come out in, it's just perfect timing as always with God. Um, yeah, and so what you could do is possibly play the Mass and then you can slowly look at the Mass from a different dimension through through your screen. Like for instance, with the Latin Mass, often you don't see what the priest is doing because he's facing God and he's uh, facing the direction of uh, that we're all facing. Mm-hmm. But now you get a close-up image of what's going on and you can use that to your advantage to help you better see, participate with what's going on in the Mass. So you can see the Mass from a different dimension virtually. And it builds up that hunger, I think, for the Mass. And I think uh, appreciating it from a virtual standpoint Mm. will be very beneficial, even though technically we're not there at Mass. Mm. But uh, uh, you are receiving graces. Mm. And, uh, and I was debating with somebody whether or not uh, you actually receive the same graces of having attended Mass, uh, uh, which you don't. It's not the it's same. Not. It's, it's not the same. It's but, but you can receive some graces in the sense that it can foster a reflective ability or a contemplative ability uh, because you're isolated from the Mass. Because sometimes there's instructions, you're there, you're just really trying to capture the moment when you're physically at Mass. Now yeah. it's sort of we can take that step back and, uh, and really watch because I mean, may not be kneeling and mm. because we're not actually at mass. Yeah. Gives you that reflective ability to step back and actually look closely what's going on at mass. Definitely harder to focus. Or maybe grab your missile or something yeah. digital online, which you but can follow you see through. Your best with it. And actually study the prayers. Mm. I mean, that's going to help you during this time of isolation. So yeah. when we get back into it, Hopefully, um, people will come to daily mass and, uh, mm, and to bring once back we, those races of uh, being present in heaven. That's it. Well, yeah. we do have one final question, um, yeah. which is on our Facebook. So, would this new book be encouraging for prospective young people to pursue serving, but who don't have support from their families or friends? Absolutely. So, let's take the stats. And now we're waiting for the census in 2021 mm. in, in, in Australia. Well, you can use the stats that Mass of the Ages did. Within their presence, 70% so, of yeah. Catholics do not believe in the real presence of Jesus Christ in the Eucharist. Mm. 70%. Yeah. And so you could say that, I hope that's wrong. I hope we're wrong, mm. really. You know, we're not happy about that. But if we acknowledge the truth, we can do something about it, maybe on an administrative level, whatever uh, church level you're at, mm. uh, in your own capacity, um, whatever authority you might have, maybe something can be done, you know, if we, if we stop we find the elephant in the middle of the room, but for people who experience maybe among the 70% and uh, among the 80% of Catholics who don't practice the faith and your parents and family are among them, this book will be able to help you because I got over what the mass is, the spirituality, what the actual theological meaning of the mass. I go through a reflection and three practical tools that, Get straight to the point. Yeah. And then I go through, uh, is being an altar server right for me? So it helps you discern whether or not a altar server, being an altar server is right for you. Yeah, absolutely. 
Well, look, George, we are running out of time tonight. We've actually gone a little over time, but that's okay. We started late. Um, mm. Any final last words to say about this book? The final last words is whether you're server or not, picking up this booklet, which is very well priced by the publisher, Brucia Media. Available uh, digitally. Work. So you can type worldwide. in the service toolbox anywhere on Google. You can buy it from Booktopia, eBay, Amazon, every single platform, or you can buy it directly from uh, Perusia or any Catholic bookstore mm-hmm. around Sydney and Australia, and hopefully we'll have it soon on yeah. the UWTN And catalog. hopefully it produces a lot of good fruits for the yeah. church. So I'm my really last hoping. final word is that whether you're a server or not, or you have children, or you have relatives, pick it up and give it to potential, you know, altar boys and, uh, and, and, and something as small as this, getting them serving as it naturally should, would build uh, would build a foundation for them to discern the priesthood, whether or not they're called. Mm. Regardless or not, it, serving and being at the liturgy and learning a little bit more reverence will help your spiritual life and those of the congregation there. And even the priest many times. Incredible. Thank yeah. you so much, George. Um, thank you very much for well, having me. Well, thank you so much. And don't forget to subscribe to the Catholic Toolbox podcast whenever you get wherever you get your podcasts. We're available on every single platform. Thank you for tuning in to the Catholic Toolbox, the Art of Practical Catholicism. I'm your host, Akita Manassa. Until next week, God bless, take care, take action. In this era of grave spiritual crisis, it is not enough to simply know about your Catholic faith. That is why we need a Catholic Toolbox to equip us with the practical skills necessary to live our Catholic faith to reach our ultimate goal, which is heaven for all eternity. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Join us every Tuesday night at 8pm for the Catholic Toolbox as we hand you the tools to go forth, live the faith, and change our model world today. Live on The Voice of Charity.